Betsy Van Dyke is one of Albuquerque's outstanding music educators. She takes us through her musical journey from starting on clarinet and then transitioning to trombone. At every school she has taught, she has developed award-winning programs. Betsy Van Dyke is next on OTP. Let's jump right in. Okay. Um, I, I want to know, first of all, did your parents play uh, any instruments or your siblings? My dad played the clarinet. Um, oh. Yeah, and I actually didn't find out till after he passed away that he had a band in college called Johnny and the Rockets or something. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I never knew. I mean, I grew up with a man. I never knew anything about him. <laughs> it's like <laughs> kind of sad, you know. But yeah, he was a clarinet player and um, I had a choice of clarinet or flute when I was wanting to be in band. What I really wanted to do, though, was Mr. Higgins, Mr. K.L. Higgins came to my elementary school because I went to elementary school here and he was talking about violin and I wanted to play the violin so badly. I went home. My mom said, no, (laughs) this is not. Did she give you a reason why? No, no. She just said, no. And I said, you don't have to pay for it. It's free. I don't have to pay for anything, Mom. No. Yeah. So I guess that's okay because then I probably would have been an orchestra conductor, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, so you went into clarinet. Did you like the instrument when you started? I did. No, I really liked it. I could choose that or the flute. My sister had a flute and she didn't play. My dad had the clarinet. So it was either one we had in the family. So I, because back in the day when I went to school, they didn't give you everything you wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. I had to buy my own reeds. I mean, think of that. I have to pay for your own stuff. Right. right. So we had a clarinet in the house and um, I loved it. You know, I love my music. Great. I love being Great. in the band. I, um, I don't know. It's just super special to me. So you made that connection to the band right away. I did. It's, mm-hmm. and it's it was my like, like seventh grade? Sixth grade because, oh no, seventh grade. Yeah, you're right. Seventh grade. Um, yeah, band was in seventh grade. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved my band director. His name was Les Somerville. He's been long okay. passed away, but yeah. I had him for my first two years and he was just amazing. He was so cool. You know, let me ask you, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that leads me to a question of, do you think that experience with your first band teacher played some role of how you uh, put your teaching style together? You know, I don't really know because. Mm-hmm. So far away. It was so far away. I think what I liked, he was just a really gentle person. And um, I just felt that feeling of belonging, you know, okay. right away. I felt like my clarinet and it was all mine. Nobody could take it away from me. You know, yeah. I was not allowed to practice after a certain amount of time at night. The TV went on, practicing was off. Yeah. You know, my siblings complained about it, of course, but <laughs> it was it was still mine. My mom couldn't take it away from me. Nobody could take it away. It was right. really important to me. Um, I didn't really have any great directors in junior high or high school. Uh-huh. And I just kept playing. You know, I just kept playing. I don't know how or why, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like I had this director that's oh, I'm just learning so much. It's just something that I was just drawn to. And I needed that for my soul. So, yeah, I, that's what I was going to get to, that you've made that personal connection 
right mm-hmm. away. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, with what I'm hearing from you with the clarinet, um, when it was time for you to move forward in college, wh- why did you make that change to trombone? Well, when I was in college, I was so intimidated by everybody else. I think back when I went to college, if you were a music ed major, I think some people kind of looked down on you. And um, I was really, I was a pretty introverted person at times I am. And to be in practice rooms like that with everybody listening, you know, I I always felt like they were coming to the door and listening. And I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, I didn't feel comfortable. And so I didn't really like my clarinet lessons. I'd always ditch them, put a note under the door. I mean, I just was like, maybe I wasn't ready to go to school. I don't know, but I just didn't find my niche there. And then I took a 155 class with Carl Hinterbickler, who's still at UNM, as a matter of fact. And I just fell in love with the trombone. Wow. I just, I loved it. I mean, the embouchure is pretty much similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. which people thought that was really weird, you know, but I, I started practicing and, you know, 155 class, I'm sitting there doing two hours of trombone practicing, <laughs> you know, for this ed- education class. And, well, let me, um, let me back you up for a minute though. I, what I heard and correct me if I'm wrong, you had this kind of intimidated kind of feeling on the clarinet in the practice yeah. room, but then you didn't have it when you went to trombone. I What's did. up with that? I have no idea, but you know it was so cool because as a as a wind as a wind player, you know that you know you put some fingers down, you're usually going to get the right note, right? Right, right. And when you play trombone, I was like, "What the heck, man! I can get any note in any position." <laughs> so I would grab people, you know, people I knew that could play piano and sit in the practice room, and we just match pitch, you know, spend time matching pitch, matching pitch. Okay. And then the more I played, and you know tuners became more available, you know, as technology increased as I got older, I would sit there and practice like from F to F sharp for 20 minutes and close my eyes and make sure I had F sharp in the right, in tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, F sharp's kind of a funky position on the trombone. So I spent hours doing that. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I don't want to get off of this too fast uh, because I'm fascinated with this Okay, first of all, I, I can relate about the feeling in the practice room when I was a freshman and I, was, I wasn't, I was you know, the best on tenor sax coming in as a freshman and practicing. And I remember Mr. Wiley coming over, knocking on the door, and I was working on it. We had those juries, you know, every Friday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he said, son, you're never going to play that right. You know, and I was like freaking out, you know, and I don't know what he was. He was trying to intimidate or I don't think he was intimidate because he was a nice guy. But I think he was trying to motivate me. But I didn't take it that way. I took it like intimidation. Think, but I don't think that's a way to motivate somebody. You're never going to do that. You know, yeah, I would yeah. be like I go to my lesson and Carl would say, well, here's the tempo. It's pretty fast. And I beat the tempo. Yeah. I'd go home and see if I could. And the really cool thing was I had a lot of dexterity on my clarinet and I could articulate okay. really well. So I could transfer that to my trombone so right. I could play, to, you know, really fast notes and stuff and right. not have a problem right. articulating. <laughs> so right. Right. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you moved to trombone and how, 
I'm, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask this because you talked about um, looking down on the musicians. Now, was do you think at that period of time the other students in college uh, had a different point of view on music majors or talk a little bit about that? You know, I it was, like I said, a long time ago, but I really think that, you know, unless that uh, was only my own mind. But I kind of right. think if you were a music ed major, you, you weren't a good musician. Oh, oh, is, okay. You know, and I used and I had this really crazy idea. Why should I have to practice and play an instrument if I'm just going to teach it? I mean, that's my. <laughs> now wait a minute. Seriously, that... why do I have? To, I mean, that was if I'm just going to teach music, then teach band. Then why do I have to worry about practicing my my clarinet? That's what it was, my clarinet. Yeah, you know, why yeah, can't yeah. I just take education? You know, and I thought now I look back, you know, that was somebody who was like what. 18 at the time, 1960. Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, you know, that's what I think yeah. really helped me with my teaching is spending mm. all those hours practicing. Right. And learning right. how to in the groups I was in, like we was a lot of small groups and ensembles. I was in a brass quintet for years at UNM. Uh, yes, and I just loved yeah. it. And those kind of rehearsals I think really helped with my own teaching on how to get kids to learn things. Right. And that goes to, you know that whole view, I, I really feel strongly about this is that if you, if your own person um, struggle on an instrument, you know how that student feels and what mm -hmm. other hurdles they're going through. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you, you know, talking about why to, one of the first things I would tell a lot of my student teachers was grab a trumpet, grab a clarinet, whatever instrument, take, mm -hmm. get some drumsticks, learn how to do a five stroke roll, you know, and 10, you know, long stroke and so forth, get out there and get your feet wet, you know. Well, um, I, every summer I would take a different instrument, you know, during the right. summer I take lessons. I yep. took horn lessons. I took drum lessons with Jay. You know, I didn't, right. I used to, yeah. you know, why can't you guys play this drum set? And then I took drum <laughs> lessons and went, oh, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's really important that I had one of my, one of the teachers that I know said, told me, well, why do you have all those fingerings in your brain? Why do you need to right. know all those fingerings? I'm like, well, how can you not learn them when you teach it after a while? You just know that a flat on a flute, this is how you finger it. Right. right. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's not something, it's just, yeah. it just comes natural. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and I think natural for some people, other people may struggle, but um, it's something that is needed um, when you go into that band room to to help the youngsters uh, oh. get a good start. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, so you talked about some of the ensembles in college uh, there that you played on. I want to tap into the music that you were identifying with you enjoyed playing at that time in college were you into jazz pop or what kind of music were you enjoying well to play? Jazz, i was never into jazz mm -hmm. because i was really intimidated by it yeah when i was in when i was in junior high clarinets wouldn't be allowed to be in the jazz band which never made sense to me as an adult i mean yeah. really <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. so i never got the whole jazz thing um right and then right. i think like just working on the trombone my favorite things were like probably really contemporary pieces i did some pieces with tape 
which right. of course now it wouldn't be a tape, but you know, right. just yeah. really, yeah. I liked a lot of that kind of music, contemporary right. stuff. Yeah. It was fun to play yeah. and it really always challenged me. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you come out of college and teaching. Did you ever think about teaching out of state or did you want to stay in New Mexico? Yeah, I um, had been, I got married when I was 19. Uh-huh. So I was married and then I had my three kids by the time I was 24. Oh, yes. Um, I didn't really have an opportunity at that point to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Chicago and go to school, right? <laughs> yeah, grab the you kids. Know, I mean, <laughs> I had to, it was kind of like, what do you do? You do what you can. I remember trying to take lessons like while I was teaching and it, it just was too hard. Yes. It was too hard to go to work when the kids were a little bit older than come home and have dinner and kids. And I remember yeah. one time we, it's when we lived out in Edgewood, came home from work and I said, oh, I was actually playing with the Santa Fe Symphony, which was kind of cool. Yeah. This is a long time ago. And so I remember sitting in the laundry room practicing and it's like seven 30 at night. I've worked all day. It took, you know, it takes an hour to get to work driving from Edgewood down to the South right. Valley. And I'm sitting at the washing machine, practicing my trombone going really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing this. You know, I mean, I had to make a choice and right. it's okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, different time, different, whatever, but um, right. right. I had my family and, Right. My teaching. You you still didn't let your playing go. You still kept yeah. help, mm-hmm. you still kept it with you and kept mm-hmm. fighting through the life that comes your way. What what keeps that in your in your soul? Uh, well I haven't practiced much. Um I did prepare for the recital that I gave you that little video <laughs> of. Uh-huh. Um I decided I was gonna have a senior recital since I was senior citizen. <laughs> and um, that was, I stood up at church and said, okay, I'm giving my senior recital. <laughs> and that was just, it was something I had to prove to myself that I could play right. again. Right. And um, I miss playing. I mean, yes. I really do. I loved it. It was, I just loved the sound. I have a really, I think I have a really nice trombone sound when I practice yeah. Yeah. and start playing. And um, so, yeah, the, the, the recital was just something I wanted to show my girls that you can right. be my age, which was what, 64 right. at the time, you know, and you could yeah, still right. start from, ha- I hadn't performed in over 30 years solo. Right. Right. So I pulled out one of my, I pulled out one of my graduate pieces that I did on my graduate recital. There you go. And I worked, worked and worked on that. You know, I took lessons right. with Byron Harrington and it was a lot of fun yeah. and just yeah. learned some good things, you know, and it was just something I wanted to do. Something I had good to accomplish. It was just, I mean, and I miss it. I wish, I wish I would want to make a commitment and go somewhere and play. You know, I just, right. right now I'm just not interested in committing myself yes. any day of the week to do anything. But you're still playing your music. You told me today yeah. off mic that you're working with bands and it's still in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nice lead in to your piece. Let's take a look at a little snip, <laughs> a little part of that. A recital. I'll bring the music down a little bit and you can just talk over it here. Okay. For the listeners, you'll hear the audio. And if you want to see it, then you'll go to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look.
That is nice. Tell talk us through this a little <laughs> bit. Well, we wanted to do. I asked Mark, I went, can you see Mark in the sax? Uh, and then um, Marin is in the back, and Jay's on the drums. And my pastor actually was the name of the Benny Goodman band. So, and that's Clara, who does a lot of music here in town. And I just, one of the pieces we were playing, and um, I'm not a good jazz improvisation person at all. So it took a long time and a lot of frustration, a lot of listening, you know, right. to try to get something to where it would sound doable. Yes. So that was really pushing it to do that. But I wanted I wanted to do a piece that everybody would enjoy. So we did a couple jazz mm -hmm. pieces. Yeah. Um, but my favorite piece was working on um, the solo piece that I did. And I, could, I didn't have a recording of that. That's what I really wanted to. <laughs> I didn't get a recording on my recital, which is kind of I a know. <laughs> I know. I, I know. So disappointed because, I, you know, I won't do it again. Yeah. But I love preparing. I loved it. But the essence of what you were talking about is the essence of why I'm doing this podcast. You, you, you dedicated your career, your teaching career, teaching music, still playing. You got to play when you're teaching. There's no way around mm -hmm. it. Um, right. But it may not be at the high level that you weren't once were. I'm, I'm talking to myself as well. And so then at, at this point, retired, you said, hey, I, I want to put this performance on. And I mm -hmm. think that's admirable. I, I really do. I, I congratulate you on that. And it took me a year to, it took me a year to prepare for it. Absolutely. A lot of practicing, a lot of, practicing, um, a lot of you know, recording and listening and critique, getting critiqued by Byron. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, I just put a lot of heart and soul into it. And I actually had my daughters there. I flew them in from Houston because oh, I wanted them there. So I, had all my girl, I had my girls and my three grandsons yeah. that live here in Albuquerque. And there was like a yeah. crowd of like 75 people at the church. Great. It Good for you. Cool. Yeah. It was fun. It was, I loved it. And um, that, that shows, I mean, that took guts because you, you, you had an easy <laughs> way out. You were retired and you could have said, I'm going to, sit on a couch and put my feet up. <laughs> you know, Mark, I have been a fighter my whole life. Oh. I, somebody tells me I can't do something. Guess what? Yeah. I, I can do it, you know, there and you um, I fought to get through school, get fought right. to get through living at home with not right. a really good family situation. Right. I fought my whole life. And, there you um, go. And I think that's something I really tried to tell my students too, and show them. Yeah, yeah. No matter yes. how what level you're at, you can still be successful. You know. And you know this—that's another lead. And this is almost like we practiced this interview. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We're just winging. We did it. not. No. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about you know I, I've watched you work in the classroom and your teaching and. Talk about your philosophy and your style, and you, you. We're going to get into the mentoring. What is, you know, what was your style and what was your approach in that band room for your students? I don't know. I don't know if I really have an answer. <laughs> Wait a minute! It's a podcast now. <laughs> just, you know, it just seemed like you know my first two years. I was at El Dorado. I was Stuart Fessinger's assist assistant. Okay. And I learned, I'd never been in, done anything with band, 
you know, I went to school. I was in the orchestra. I didn't do the band thing. I hadn't been in high school forever because I was 30 years old when I went back to school. Right. When my yeah. girls were like really young, you know, I wanted to get back to school then. And um, two years with Stuart, I learned how to put the band together. I learned how to deal, you know, just I learned a lot from him yeah. in being in that situation. And I just, I did a lot of errors, you know, my, right. even till the end, I was still making mistakes. And yeah. I just think my, you know, Ron Lipka, who, if anybody's listening, knows that he oh. just passed away a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was such a huge thing in my life when I started teaching. Preaching. You know, he was, he was gone. He was, he came back, I think, when I got into Jackson. I didn't work with him a lot until really I got to Madison and I started doing more jazz right. and he wasn't, you know, he was around, but he told me this, which has always been in the front of my mind when I learned it from him and my teaching is that we teach kids first. We teach music second. Yeah. And even though there were times in my classroom, I forgot that, you know, I'd be like, well, oh, why isn't that working? You know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just got up, got the music, you know, started stuff and just worked with the kids. I know that sounds right. crazy. You know, right. you think that would have step one, step two, but I don't have that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like teaching today, I got up in front of the kids today at Albuquerque High and right. I just loved it. You know, it's just like I never quit, you know, right. and right. it's just something I think, you know, God gives people like they're missionaries in Africa, you know. Well, I could never go to Africa and do anything like that. I, I know I could, you know. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I could be a missionary in my school, right? And with you were, kids, you were. I, you know, those middle school kids—they needed people, just like right. you, like with you. You know, they need someone that yeah. gives them boundaries, right. loves them, you right. know, helps them. Yeah. And I think that's what my job was. And music was just a way to do it. Yeah. I know that doesn't answer your question, no, but I no. don't. No. I'm, 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 I'm all on board with you. It's a, it's a lot like being a parent <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have to give them those boundaries. And I used to tell the band, the, the youngsters that, um, you know what, this is all coming from love and um, I'm trying not to, um, always raise my voice or, you know, get mad, but we all are human. And, um, this is part of it. And like Ron, God bless him. Um, I had those moments also talk about the mentoring. Now you're taking those skills and passing. Well, I was. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not mentoring anymore. Right. I did for four years. Um, I, I like that too. I didn't like it as much as being in front of the classroom. You know, I'd rather be in front of kids, but I liked helping the teachers. And, you know, sometimes I was a little brutally honest, you know, like <laughs> that's not what you wear to teach in or, you know, why are you carrying that mug around with you while you're teaching all day? I mean, I would just things like that, you know, I'd get really annoyed, you right. know, and, um, and they would just go, Oh, <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, just helping them. And I never, when we went into teaching, probably same thing with you, we didn't have mentors that came to our classroom. I mean, if you wanted someone to come to your classroom, at least with me, and I had, I always had people come in and critique me, Ron, come tell me what I'm doing wrong. Luis, right. come tell me what, you know what I mean? I didn't mind that, but I always, I paid for a lot of those people to come into my classroom. Yes. You know, the mentoring program that 
um, they had through APS, the teachers didn't have to pay for that. They didn't have to come out of their classroom budget. And I love just sitting there and, you know, look, this is really good. I saw some really great teaching. And I even learned from some of these, from some of the young teachers. Sure. Um, and I really, I enjoyed the mentoring. It kept me in, in, engaged with the kids even a little bit. The kids would get to know me. And once in a while, the, then I had a teacher, oh, I'm not feeling good. Will you take the classroom? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. Or yeah. can you fill in this or whatever? And, right. you know, but I think to have that mentoring and have an, a person. And I used to tell them, you know, I don't know everything. Sure. And I don't expect you to be like me, but I know more than you. No, I know more than you on how to run a classroom. I know more than you about how to do this. Now, computer stuff, no. <laughs> right. no I, you know, but so why don't you take what I have to offer and, and use some of it, you know, and call me and, you know, I had teachers crying and, you know, I'd sit yeah. and just talk to them and go, I know. I remember yeah. those days. Right. So a lot of people, yeah. there, some of them that wouldn't listen to me, you know. Yeah. They wouldn't, you know, you, you'd kind of suggest something and then at a concert, they would do totally the opposite and their concert would fall apart. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what do you do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sorry, you should have listened to what I was trying to yeah. tell you. And so you know. do it different next time because that didn't work. Yeah. You know? yeah. It didn't work. I mean, we all have to learn that way, right? You know, I, I absolutely. Uh, I wanted to mention on, on the mentoring um uh, shout out to Bruce Dalby. I had an opportunity to be his assistant and got a chance to watch him a lot and steal. I call it stealing techniques, teaching techniques on how he puts a score together, how he works a score and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, again, uh, Ron Lipka's same thing. And then I watched some directors that I thought, you know, I, I think I don't want to do it that way. You know, and I, you know, I think it's, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good to watch people. I mean, I've seen a lot of directors. I leave their classroom going, I wish I could help you. I mean, I just to myself, I would never say that to sure. them. But you, yeah. leave, you leave that classroom shaking your head going. I mean, I went to a concert with one of the directors here, you know, when my grandkid was there and I was just appalled at what happened at the mm -hmm. concert, you know, and I, you know, even emailed this director and I said, just speaking as a music educator of 30 years here's a suggestion you know not as a right. nana right. Where you just offended my grandkid you yeah. know uh, in public or whatever you know what i mean i did that right. and i said you know this is my suggestion and do you think that director listened to what i said right nope yeah. did the yeah. same thing at another concert the same yeah. thing yeah. and you know I, I didn't have a problem. I remember Ron one time, this is super funny. You know, my jazz skills were not very good. Anyway, I picked out this piece for jazz band and I had two of, I had just granddaughters in my band program at Madison. Mm -hmm. So we get done with this jazz piece and he comes down. The first thing he says, well, I guess you'll never do that piece again. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> and guess what? Yeah. Never did. Never did it again. <laughs> but instead of saying, oh yeah, you know, his first thing, I mean, <laughs> You'll never right. do that one again. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's honest. And, uh, you know, uh, Ron had that way of, you know, getting to you. And he knew what to say at with different people and how to get it across to different people. And that, and it was great to, to have him um, during the time that we did. Um, talk a little bit to our listeners about that connection to music. If I'm getting older, 
I once played and now I, I was talking to a guy on the radio about he he played in high school and he was said he went to all state. So you know he had some chops, you know, wherever he was. And um, but I haven't played and he said, I don't even know if I could play a B flat concert anymore. Talk to those listeners about why to get music back in your soul again. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't think it ever leaves. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Right. But like, if I haven't practiced much lately. I was actually doing some clarinet duets with a friend of mine um, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, which was really fun. But, you know, anybody can pick their horn back up again. You there can you pick go. it back up again. It just take. I mean, it's frustrating. Like when I first started practicing my trombone again, you know, my lips would be swollen, and you know, I don't wouldn't be able to play as long. But it takes a. You just get your endurance back, you know, and right. you just yeah. start out and get a beginning book again. You know, right. start working on that stuff, and you know, that's that's what you have to do. And music, you know, it's always there. I listen to music. I have a hard time. This sounds really weird, but. <laughs> I have a hard time listening to a lot of classical music. Really? Because yeah. it, it's really emotional to me. Uh -huh. you know, yeah. There's pieces I would love to have played, but I never will. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. That's life. <laughs> you know, and I could never. But, yeah, that's hard. And you know, jazz, I, have, I, just, I think you're right. It never leaves. You just have to dig deeper down to bring it back. Yeah. I mean, for a while I was singing it in, in the choir at church and I love that, you know, all the connections with music. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I really, really, it'll always be there. You know, yeah. I started jazz to super late in life and um, I fell in love with that. And I'm just like, oh man, yeah. you know, yeah. I would have loved to have known that and, and done yeah. that all the way through because I love jazz now. Right. Uh, I, right. I was never, I was never um, introduced to any of that. Right. And yeah. some of these great jazz musicians were still alive when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and I never had the opportunity. You know, parents right. when I was young, our parents, my parents didn't take kids out. It was yeah. two parents that went out. Kids were left at home. Yeah. You know, they didn't right. take you to concerts like that. You know, like right. my daughters do. They take their kids to stuff like that. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah when I was growing up, which was like, what, 60 years ago, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, you know, 60, 55, 60 years ago, we didn't have the access, the, the access to music like they do now. True. True. If you didn't have, if you couldn't afford to buy a record, which I never had any money to go out and buy records. Right. You know, not as a young kid, eight, nine, 10 years old, you didn't go buy records. Right. And we didn't sit around, and listen to the radio all day. Our parents said, there's the door. See you for dinner. You know what I mean? You could go out and you could go out and play with your friends all day, ride your bike. Right. You didn't sit house and have things plugged into your ears all day right. and listen to whatever, you know, we were outside and messing around like that. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. get any, like, you know, my mom, she used to listen to Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all those guys right. every night, right. you know, right. yeah. that's, yeah. that's about it in my family. Yeah. You know, even though my dad was a musician in college, he was a doctor, but, you know, we never really. Yeah. Never and I guess the, the model to the story is uh, if you're listening, expose your kids to all the music and start them early. Yeah. There's so much you can do nowadays, right? right. You know, you right don't have on. to go to the store and buy a record or an album or a CD. Right. You know, all you have to do is right. turn on your phone. And a lot of that streaming right. services are free. It's right, right there. There you go. There's three. There we are. Well, 
And that's another lead into, first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, Betsy. Well, this was uh, so much fun. I was not, I was kind of nervous, but I made it <laughs> <really> easy. <laughs> right, it was nice. Yeah. I really, that was really nice that you asked me. I hope oh, um, I absolutely. that was worthwhile. I've been fortunate to, um, I call them angels from God, to have so many wonderful people, and you're one of them, that uh, came across in my life through uh, music and band directing and so forth. And um, we want to hear your journey. We want to hear, and it's it's not over. It's still going on. No, so. it's not. It's not. <laughs> in fact, I told Andrew, my oldest grandson, I said, now when I die at my service, I want you to sing Over the Rainbow. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, Nana, do we? I don't want to talk about that. I said, I know, but I want you to do that. Play it on your ukulele and sing uh -huh. it for me. Okay? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a long way off. So I hope so. I don't want to leave for at least another 20 years, dude. There you go. <laughs> but thank you so much, Betsy. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. Thanks. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers. Uh, you can find this podcast. Let me do the business. You can find this podcast at uh, Spotify, YouTube. Don't forget to sub subscribe <laughs> and any other of your podcast platforms. Until next time, let's try to play all the right notes. You've been listening to The Podium. If you would like to be a guest on The Podium, email the show at onthepodium2 at gmail.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M. T-O-O -O at gmail.com.